0: If you got a Bible with you, turn to 2 Timothy this morning, the first chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Raise your hand if you didn't bring a Bible this morning. And we're going to 2 Timothy, the first chapter. Let me encourage everyone to come and be a part of the marriage meeting. It's not just for people that have a terrible marriage. Uh, That's a a great misconception. And... uh, don't be concerned that you're going to be embarrassed about it. Uh, there's nobody that's got too much faith to be healed or too much faith for their, to be provided for. And the same thing is true. There's nobody that's got too much faith or knows too much about having a good marriage and a good family. This is the foundation of our, our life and our church. and It's just so important, and it has to do with the glory of Christ and the church. And uh, we certainly don't know too much about that. Let's believe God. I believe we're having it at the direction of the the head of the church, of all the things we could have meetings on. You know, we've got these two of our own major meetings every year, week of increase in October, and we could do something else. But I believe the Lord has directed us. I think marriage is important. I think family is important. And I understand the family is on the foundation of the marriage, and it's such a big big thing and the devil is out to just destroy it and, and, you know, cause people not to have any respect for marriage anymore and don't even know what marriage is and everybody's trying to even define it and figure it out. Well, no, it, it's been settled a long, long, long time ago. And what we need to do is not try to figure out something new. We need to go back to the uh, Word and establish ourselves. I know I, you know, I go to flight school a couple of times a year. And uh, to brush up on things because, you know, when you're blessed and your equipment is blessed, you just take off and go from point A to point B, no problem. So you don't practice things like catching on fire and and your engines quitting and all that kind of stuff. So you fly for months and it doesn't happen, but you, you need to go and brush up on it what to do and what to be ready for. And this reminds me of that, the marriage meeting. You know, yeah, we're making it when a lot of our marriages are, are pretty good, but we need to brush up on what the Lord told us to do. Are we doing what He told us to do? And if there are any issues, do we know how to handle them? And so we'll be prepared. A lot of things just won't have trouble in some areas like other people do, but then things that do come up, you'll know what to do. You'll be prepared, you'll be ready. So don't miss out on this that the what the Lord is providing for us in this area. 2 Timothy, the first chapter, we began a few weeks ago on the subject uh, we're calling true faith. True faith. Our text is in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, and the fifth verse. He said, When I call to remembrance, the unfeigned faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded that in you also. What is it that he said was in Timothy's grandmother and in his mother and in him? Faith. But he qualified it, didn't he? He said unfeigned faith. Now, the longer I walk with the Lord and the more I learn about faith, the more I appreciate this phrase and the more I appreciate this revelation. Because if there's an unfeigned faith, what else must there be? A feigned faith. Well, the word feigned means to act or to pretend. Well, if there's an unpretend faith, there must be a pretend faith. Uh, Other translations bring this out. The Weiss translation says, unhypocritical faith. The New Living and the New King James and others say, I remember your genuine faith. Uh, The easy to read and basic English and others say, I remember your true faith. True faith, hence the title of our, our series. Well, if there is a hypo- unhypocritical faith, there must be a hypocritical faith. If there's a genuine faith, there must be a fake faith. If there's a true faith, there must be a false faith, or elsewise you wouldn't need to distinguish it. And uh, there are a number of people over the years and decades that have said and done things in the name of faith that was a disaster. I'm believing God. I'm in faith about this. I'm stepping out by faith. And it just ended badly for everybody concerned and actually brought reproach. And other people, other believers looking from the side said, look at that. See, that stuff's not right. That so-called faith bunch. Look at that. Just failure. And and people even died doing what they called faith and died young and prematurely. But is it true that... uh, faith in God is a bad thing or faith in God could fail. God cannot fail. His holy word cannot fail. Well, then real faith in God doesn't fail. Real faith in the word doesn't fail. So the answer is that a lot of what people have done and called it faith, it was not unfeigned faith. It was a fake faith. It was a false faith. It was people confused and ignorant about things. It wasn't the real thing. Now, in 2 Corinthians 13, the last chapter, 2 Corinthians 13 says this also. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. The good news says to put yourself to the test and judge yourself to find out whether you're living in faith. The New Living says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Are we supposed to check up on ourselves? Examine ourselves? Test ourselves? Judge ourselves to find out what? Are we really in faith? Is this true faith? Is this genuine faith? Now, the lord 's speaking to us here at Faith life Church and uh, and anybody else that'll that 'll hear these things, but we need to check up on ourselves uh, we 've been in these things long enough now, I'm not just talking about us but people that call themselves faith people to just get used to the phraseology i 'm believing for this i 'm claiming this we 're in faith about this. believe with me on this you know let 's just take it by faith let 's just believe well. Is all that faith? Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. Is all that faith? Or have we gotten in the habit of, yeah, I'm claiming this. I'm believing for this. Should we, every time that comes out of our mouth, should we check up on ourselves and see, now, am I really in faith about this? Or am I just talking a talk? Have we just gotten used to this? And how many know that just because somebody comes and says, Believe with me on this, doesn't mean you, you even can or that you're supposed to try. Yeah, to people are in too big of a habit. Well, well, pray with me about this. Some things you shouldn't even be praying about. Amen. The answer's already in the Word. Hmm? Some th- well, agree with me on this. Well, some things you, you can't agree with them. You know it's not right. Or, not only that, not maybe that you don't know it's not right, but you don't have a witness about it. It just doesn't register with you. And you could go through the lip service. But see, when we just pray, you know, too quickly, and we try to say we're believing too quickly, and it's just empty words, and there's nothing in our heart about it, and we don't get results, that hurts our faith. You do that over and over again, you'll get to where you don't expect anything to happen when you pray where you don't expect something to happen when you speak or when you agree. No, we need to enter into these things reverently and seriously and respectfully only when we know we can believe, right? Faith is not based on nothing. Well, let's just take it by faith. People say, act like that means... You know, it's based on nothing. Just believe it out of thin air. No, faith is not based on nothing. Faith is based on the most sure thing in the universe, the Word of God the Word that God has spoken to you. Faith, so then faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17 says, and hearing by the Word of the Christ. That word means rhema, the spoken utterance, and Christ, the anointed one. How does faith come? It's not based on nothing. It's based on hearing an anointed Word and getting to know the will of God and the person of God through what we heard. Faith is based on the word faith is based on God, who spoke the word. Uh, this t- verse here in this text kind of uh, summarizes what we're talking about right now. Proverbs nineteen two. Don't turn there; you can just look at it on the screen. Proverbs nineteen two, in the New Living Translation, says: enthusiasm without knowledge is no good, and haste makes mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Does that not describe some of what people call faith and they haven't heard from the Lord and they just take off in a hurry on something and we're going to believe this, we're going to do this and they haven't heard from the Lord and then it turns out badly and then they're angry at the Lord. That's foolish, isn't it? The Message Bible says it like this, verse 3. People ruin their lives by their own stupidity. So why does God always get blamed? (laughs) I'm going to read that again. (laughs) People ruin their lives by their own stupidity. And how many understand that this would apply to some believers that are calling some things faith? And it just ruins their life, and it's messed up. And but then, why does God always get blamed? How many know God is not the author of confusion? Yes. He's not in confusion. He's not in failure. Right. He's not the destroyer. He's not the killer. He's not the thief. He's the deliverer. Yes. And when we really hear from Him and we really believe in Him, it works out. I yes, said yes, it works out. We get victory. We see results. And if we did something and it turned out badly and and, uh, we called it faith, we just need to realize it wasn't real faith. It wasn't true faith. We missed it somewhere, and we don't need to blame the Lord. Go with me, if you would, this uh, morning to the book of uh, Mark, the 11th chapter, and then we're also going to the book of Psalms. Mark 11, and then also we're going to Psalms 20. Can you hear me okay? Not quite as crispy anymore, is it? Uh, They're doing a good job. Mark 11 and Psalm 20. Mark eleven is this great passage of verse Mark eleven twenty three and Mark eleven twenty four, such wonderful revelation on the subject of faith from the mouth of the Master. But it begins in verse twenty two when Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God." Everybody say that out loud. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Not just have faith. What? Have faith faith in God. I know over the years, we've received letters and and calls and emails into the ministry a number of times where people said, you know, the the Bible said, let your requests be made known. So, Brother Keith, I'm letting you know what I need. And a lot of times it's financial and materially. Well, is that what that verse said? What did the verse actually say? Let your request be made known unto Brother Keith. Yeah. No. <laughs> unto God. Let your request be made known unto the church. No. Unto God. Is looking at man the same as looking to God? no it is not is having faith in man the same thing as having faith in god it's not uh, the subject of our this part of the series this morning is faith misplaced faith misplaced can you put your faith in something that you should not or in someone that you should not Would your faith ever be misplaced if you put it in God? No, no. Nobody ever trusted in Him and was disappointed or made ashamed. But it it is, I don't care who you are, me, you, anybody, we live in a physical world, and depending on how much or little you fellowship with the Lord, natural things can be more real to you than spiritual things you can't see him and you can see people and you'll be tempted to gravitate to individuals and to look to them they're gonna help me they're gonna fix it and that can be taking your faith out of him that you can't see and putting your faith in ones that you can see how many think you should never have more faith in the creation than in the Creator. Amen. Never. Get your eyes off the Creator and get your eyes on the creation. We're in the midst of a uh, gearing up for the presidential race. And you hear a lot, you know, who's going to save us? Who's going to get us out of our woes and our trouble? What, Which man, which woman is going to get us out of, this, uh, out of the messes that we're in? And, and and fix things for us. I can answer that for you this morning. (laughs) None of them, (laughs) none of them can fix everything for us. None of them can solve all our problems. There's only one that can completely protect us. There's only one that can solve our problems and issues and meet all our needs. It's the Lord our God. Amen. And, you know, yeah, we should pray about who we vote for and we should pray for our leaders, but we should never get our eyes just on them that they're going to fix things for us. They can't. They're just not big enough. They don't know enough. They're not able. They can't do it. Now, faithless people are always looking to for some individual. To take care of me and to fix it for me and to solve my problems. But faith, real faith in God, true faith, puts no pressure on men. It just looks up from men and women and looks straight to the source, straight to the creator, straight to the provider, straight to the healer. Have faith where? Have faith in what? Have faith in who? Said out loud, have faith, faith in, God. in God. Turn to Proverbs if you've got that place. Proverbs, the 20th chapter. Proverbs, chapter, I meant to say Psalms. Were you in Psalms? Yes. Well, Psalms 20 is where I'd like for you to go. Psalm 20. In the 20th Psalm and the 7th verse, it says, Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They, they who? The ones that trust in the chariots and horses. They are brought down and fallen, but we, we who? the ones that trust in the name of the Lord, we are risen and stand upright. Well, what are chariots and horses? Well, chariots and horses were some of the best military and protective gear that the nation could use. Now, it's not to say that you don't have any chariots and horses. See, some people go too far that way. He didn't say don't have any chariots and horses. The problem is not having them. The problem is trusting in them, looking to them only, relying on them completely instead of the Lord. It's like people say, well, the love, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, the Bible didn't say that. It said the love of money right. is the root of all, all evil. Could you have money without trusting in it? Yes. Could you have money, even a lot of it, without loving it? Yes. Could you have it and just look at it as a tool yes. to be used? Realizing money can't save you, money can't make you happy, money can't heal you, right? Money is just a very limited tool. But the love of it, and you know, First Timothy talked about this too. It said, "Don't don't trust tell, tell rich people. Don't trust in those uncertain riches, but in the living God, which gives us richly all things to enjoy. It's not having the riches; it's trusting in them." The, the rich young ruler that wouldn 't liquidate and follow the Lord, it wasn 't the money that was holding him out. it was that and it wasn 't that the Lord was trying to get him to take a vow of poverty he didn't say anything about that. What if he had liquidated and had sown all that according to the bible there's a law of sowing and reaping right? What would have happened? He would have reaped wouldn't he he didn't he wasn't asking him to take a vow of poverty. What was he trying to get him to do? By It was obvious. By putting his finger on that, it revealed this man was trusting in his money. His faith was in his money. And the Lord was endeavoring to get him to demonstrate that his faith was not in his money. His faith was in the Lord. How are you going to prove that? Liquidate. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know that proves it, right? Talk is past now. You're demonstrating but he failed the test. He, 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 you know, got bound up in his own uh, fear and he would not do it and went away sad and, and missed out on some huge, huge blessings. Go with me, please, to uh, 2 Chronicles, the 16th chapter. Second Chronicles 16. While you're going there, I'll read another couple of verses to you. You're going to Second Chronicles 16. In the Psalms, it says again, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Better to trust the Lord. Second Chronicles sixteen describes a man who failed to trust the Lord. He looked to men instead of the Lord with uh, bad consequences. But there's more to to what was going on here than just this one situation, and we're going to get into it a little bit. So go ahead and turn, find it, 2 Chronicles. In the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles and the 16th chapter and the 12th verse. 2 Chronicles 16 and 12. It says, Asa who was king of the land at that time, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, he was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign, and they buried him in his own sepulchre. Now uh, some folk are uncomfortable even reading this verse or talking about it. They think it means you're opposed to doctors and can't go to the doctor. Some used it at the turn of the century that believed in divine healing. They uh, used verses like this to preach against going to the doctor. But I want to make it very clear uh, right off the bat here that Keith and Phyllis and Faith Life Church are not opposed to doctors or health care uh, professionals. We thank God for them. They're fighting the same enemy we are, right? Disease, infirmity, weakness, and physical problems. We're, we're going for the same thing. We're endeavoring to help people to get healed. They're trying to help get people to get healed right? Uh, But there is an issue and problem of putting all your faith in man instead of the Lord, whether it's for the health of your body or in any area of life. And it wasn't just that he was having trouble with, uh, you know, his faith for healing, but he was doing this in other areas of his life, and it just carried over into this area. This man, King Asa, he had trusted God and led the country in huge faith in the beginning of his reign. When they faced seeming impossible situation, they looked to the Lord and trusted God and had miracles. But then afterwards, they started. He started going backwards, and instead of continuing to trust the Lord, he, he quit trusting the Lord and started looking to men. Let's let's study a little bit. Turn back to the fourteenth uh, chapter. Of 2 Chronicles, and let's read what happened and just uh, just get the whole story here. 2 Chronicles 14 and 9. This is shortly after Asa came to power. 14, 9. There came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand. How many is that? That's a million foot soldiers. And three hundred chariots and came unto Marisha. And Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephyrthah at Mareshah. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and he said, Lord, it's nothing with you to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. He's talking about them. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. And in your name we go against this multitude, O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. Are they looking to the Lord? Are they trusting in Him, relying on Him? Verse 12, So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto unto Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover themselves. For they were destroyed before the Lord and before His host, and they carried away very much spoil. They had a tremendous victory against seemingly, you know, insurmountable odds because they looked to the Lord. They trusted Him. But look in chapter 15. Already the, new, the Lord knew what was coming up and what, what was gonna, He was going to be tempted to do. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah fifteen one, the son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa, and He said to him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with Him. And if you seek Him, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Why would he tell him this? Well, isn't that exactly what happened? Here he is looking to the Lord and relying on the Lord. But here a little bit later on, he went the other way. Skip down to the uh, uh, 16th chapter where we read our verse previously, but back up to the first verse. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house. So it wasn't just his money, it was the Lord's money. Be like us getting into our God account. And sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, and said, There's a league between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. Behold, I've sent you silver and gold. Now go break your league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from you. He's, He's paying people to break covenants they have with other people. With the Lord's money. And Ben-Hadad hearkened to king Asa and sent the captains of his army against the the cities of Israel. And they smote Ijan and Dan and Abel-Mahim and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when Baasher heard it, he left off building Ramah and let his work cease. And Asa the king took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof. and, And they built Jeba and Mizpah. At that time Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord your God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of your hand. See, God had planned to give them a complete victory over their enemy just like He did the previous time with the Ethiopians. He said, Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubums a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you did rely on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of him whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein you have done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth you shall have wars. And Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house. For he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. How many would understand this would explain how he got in this diseased condition? Right? To begin with. It wasn't just that he went to the doctor. (laughs) Right? That was just a carryover. Just a few verses down from this, it says, And he was diseased in his feet, and in his disease. Didn't just say he went to the doctor. He sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. What does that mean? He replaced the Lord as his healer with the doctors. Now, that's not okay today either. Right? We're not to take any man or any woman or any institution or any group And say, you're going to save me. You're my answer. Never look at any man or woman and go, you're my last hope. You're my only hope. If you don't come through for me, that's it. I'm not going to make it. Well, you're in trouble then. I said, you're in trouble. Because your faith is in them. Not in the Lord. Listen to the language again in other places. In... uh, in Jeremiah it says it like this. Jeremiah, so don't turn there, just listen. Jeremiah seventeen five says, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. It's not just in letting a man help you, it's you just leaving the Lord out of it and making them your salvation. Verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He goes on to say, He shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green and will not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. That's what we were talking about during the offering, isn't it? Even in time of drought, even in time of famine, If a man will get his eyes, if a woman will get her eyes off of men and women and on to the Lord and believe He can provide even when men tell you they can do nothing, you can experience miracles and help. Who's your provider? Who's your protector? Who's your healer? Who's going to fix everything for you? It's not the Republicans. It's not the Democrats. It's not the U.S. government. Right? Right? It's not Faith Life Church. It's not your daddy or your mama. It's not your wife or your husband. It is the one who created the heavens and the earth. It is the one who can provide in famine and war. It is the one. The one. Your God. Your Lord. He's your source. He's your provider. He's your help. Listen to Isaiah 30. Don't turn there. Just listen. Isaiah 30. He said to them, He said, Woe to the rebellious children that take counsel but not of me. They go down to Egypt. Of course, Egypt's a type of the world and the world system. And they have, this is verse 2, Isaiah 30, verse 2, They have not asked at my mouth And to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh. Notice this. They have not asked. They didn't ask me. They just went to man. Now, uh, nothing's going to work for you like it should unless you mix some faith with it. I don't care if it's a laying on of hands, if it's a prayer, if it's the gospel itself, or if it's an aspirin. Nothing's going to work for you like it should unless you mix some faith with it. You know, they do tests all the time with medications, and uh, they'll have their new medication they're trying out, and then they'll have something else that looks just like it, but it's just a sugar pill or something. It's a placebo. But a lot of times they'll get results out of that placebo. (laughs) Don't they? When they say, well, we had, you know, 50% better results with the real drug, that means you had some results with the nothing drug. (laughs) Well, how could you have results with a nothing drug, a placebo, a sugar pill? Jesus told people, your faith made you whole. I reckon you could eat, eat an acorn and if you believed it would help you. Come on now. Yeah. So in that case, it's not just the acorn that's doing your world of good. It's your faith. Yeah. It's your faith. Oh, but you've got to watch about misplacing your faith, taking your faith out of God and putting it in people. No, we don't believe it's wrong to go to the doctor. We don't believe it's wrong. You know, I've had people before that have labored and said, so, "Well, you know, I, I don't want to displease the Lord. I don't want to not trust the Lord. I don't want to use means. I don't want to use man's methods." I know a, a, a good, good-hearted man, a man of God, a minister friend of mine. Years ago, they they had suggested that he had have a little procedure, a surgical procedure, and man, he was laboring over that. He said, "I don't, I don't want to displease the Lord. I I want to trust the Lord." I, I don't want to do that. And, and he was just troubled by it. You know, one, for one thing, trouble shows you're not on the right track. Right. Being troubled like that. that the, the path of direction is peace. And so uh, I prayed about it myself. And the Lord showed me something. And I went into his office and sat out one time. And, and, and I said, well, I said, you, uh, you don't want to use any means. He said, no, I don't want to use any means. I said, Duh, I thought you got a splinter in your hand last week. He said, I did. I said, where's it at? He said, I got it out. I said, how'd you get it out? He said, well, I took some alcohol, and I took a a needle, and I took some tweezers. and, And I said, and you performed an operation on yourself, didn't you? I said, you used tools. You used means, right? Sometimes people are inconsistent. They'll just do one thing without thinking about it, but then they'll labor over something that really is the same thing. I said, why didn't you just believe for the splinter to dematerialize? (laughs) Well, no, it's just simple. Just get it out. And some other things can be just that simple too. We need to be led. But we don't need to fixate on something in the natural and go, this surgery, this is my everything. This medicine, this is going to save me. This diet, this is it. No, the Lord might use something, but never just get your eyes on that natural thing and fixate on it because you can misplace your faith. That's how you can perish. And you need to watch this in business and finance the same thing. People get fixated and go, boy, this deal is going to set me for life. This deal is going to make it. This deal, all these people are coming and they're going to support your ministry and they're going to support the church and they're going to take care of you from now on. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Never let any man become your provider. Never let anybody, that don't get your eyes on something, or, well, this is going to make it. This is, this, this is going to fix us all for life. No, you're going to have to walk by faith the rest of your days. Now, that does mean God can do some things for you, but beware that you don't get your eyes off of Him. Isn't that what Asa did? Yes. When he's facing a million soldiers and all these chariots and he didn't have anywhere to go and he just got started in office, he went to the Lord. He threw himself on Him. And he said, You can help even those that have no power. We're looking at you. We're resting on you. And He gave him a miracle. But after being in power for a while and after being blessed and getting some money and, and some things, he got lazy and he got lax spiritually. And here a, a lesser force came against him, but instead of even praying about it, instead of even checking with the Lord what to do, he just pulls out his checkbook. He's going to throw money at him and make him go away. And then when the prophet tells him he did the wrong thing, he gets mad at the preacher, throws him in jail. And then he gets sick. He don't even pray what to do. He just goes to the doctor, puts himself completely in their hands and dies. Thank God for people. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for natural things that can help us, but let's never get our eyes on that and that's my source and everything is coming from that. Now, God could use it. He could help it, but he could do it without it, too. Right? He's my healer. He's my source. And nothing, if you take a medicine, if you have a procedure, nothing's going to work like it's supposed to unless you mix some faith in God with it. Get Him involved in it. Right? No, you don't want to take a medicine without Him. You don't want to go into the surgery room without Him. Right? You want Him involved. You you're your, your thanking God for people that's being used, but you're looking to Him first and foremost. Can you say amen? Amen. There are so many things that we could touch and talk about on this, but uh, the bottom line is our faith is in Him. Our faith is in God. Psalm 127 puts it like this. It said, if the Lord doesn't build the house, the builders are working for nothing. If the Lord doesn't guard the city, the guards woke up for nothing. Right? We can do our natural things. We can make our preparations. But when it's all said and done, who are we really looking to to make it happen? Who, I don't, there may be 90 people working on the deal, but who are we got our eyes on? We're, we're counting on Him to make it come through. We're counting on Him to make it happen. And when you're really doing that, then you don't get disappointed at people that didn't do it for you. You weren't looking to them anyway. You don't get mad. You don't get upset. You don't get hurt. You don't get put out. You don't put pressure on people. Why? Because you weren't looking to them to start with. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody now. <laughs> well, I did get upset. I know it. The Lord's talking to you today. So just get happy. Just get happy. Well, they weren't there. They didn't come through. They didn't do this. They didn't. Well, you shouldn't have been looking to them. God, say it out loud. Stand up on your feet and say it out loud. God, God. is my source. God, God is my healer. God, God. is my provider. God is my protector i'll not look at man i'll not get my eyes on men my eyes are on you lord i'm relying on you i'm trusting in you